God doesn't usually explain closed doors to us. And our job is to trust that that closed door is, you know, for our protection or our redirection or his affection for for us. And so I've learned that sometimes those closed doors can be more gracious than open doors. But it's hard to get there because we're wired and I'm especially someone who's wired to win. And I want things to go the way I want them to go. And so to have heart failure on my permanent medical record is not only kind of ironic, but it was also very frustrating that that was just going to be there. But the thing that I learned from, from God in that is that those those periods of time when we are forced to pull back and examine our life, that's when He can get in there and start to form that relationship with us that He maybe didn't have room in our lives before to form. You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. Hello, Altered Story Show listeners. This is your Chief Storyteller host, Michelle Saunders-Gutch, and welcome to my Season 2, Episode 104, Lori Ann's Divine Detour God Story. Friends, I hope all is well, and you are enjoying your May month. And listening to my show that is part of the Spark Media Network and the Edify app and helps Christian women share their God stories so women around the world can hear them so they never feel alone. And friends, I also have just a few updates before I announce my guest and I wanted you to know I'm still looking for people to partner with in my pre-publication journey of my healing memoir, uh, Childhood Cult Survivor book, and would love your support. You can check out my Facebook personal timeline to get the link to my Redemption Press Jumpstart page, or you can shoot me an email at msaundersgutch at gmail.com. That's a mouthful, friends. M-S-A-U-N-D-E-R-S-G-O-T-T-S-E-H at gmail.com to find out more about ways you can support me. And friends, I'm also still searching for a non-paid board treasurer position and am excited to share that I have found a board secretary Melinda Ron, and she's already making a difference in the ministry, and your prayers, friends, have made a difference too. So thank you for praying. And if you're interested in this position, this board 
treasurer, which is a needed position, friends, do check out my website at www.alteredstories.org for more details. Now, friends, enough of me. It's time to get this God's Story show started. And today I'm excited to bring to the mic my special guest, Lorianne Wood. And Lorianne is an empty nester that lives in beautiful Bentonville, Arkansas, with her husband. And she's a mom and a grandma. She currently serves as the founding leader of the Parenting Education Ministry at the Church of Christ in Bentonville and is the author of a new book, Divine Detour. That's what she's going to share more about in her God story, and I can't wait for her to share it. She also serves on the blog contributor team for the Joyful Life magazine. Friends, blogging and bloggers and writers and authors, all that content, all that great stuff, she does. Now, let's get to know her. Let's bring her to the mic. Welcome to the show, Lorianne. How are you doing? I'm great, Michelle. Thank you for having me. Is there anything else I left out as I shared about you that's personal outside of what you're going to share in your God story? The only other thing is that might play into the story, but I won't mention in the story, is that I am a Women Heart Community Educator for Arkansas. And so I have been trained in education for heart disease for women. Wow, that's really good. And that's really powerful, Lorianne. You know, I think when you and I spoke, I believe I shared with you that my mother passed from a heart attack, suddenly killed her instantly. And my favorite mother-in-law of all time, she was 65 and she passed. And so it's so, so important that there's awareness around this. So again, uh, I'm thankful you're here and I'm thankful you're willing to share and you're doing this kind of work. And you know, Lorianne, I love to share women's transformational God stories. And you know what I love about that? It's the pre-evangelistic piece of this, of where God comes in and makes a difference or there's a change. And, you know, of course he gets all the glory But I would love you to let me know from your perspective why you think it's so important for women to share their God stories. When I was um, had kids at home and I was an active hands-on mom, my kids are out of the house now. I don't think I was great at entertaining their faith questions because I think as Sometimes as moms, we're trained to have the answers. And if we don't have the answers, we might feel like we're not the person for the job or we're less than. And so I wasn't really uh, in tune with entertaining all their questions. I wish I could have a do-over on that because I think I'm, I'm smarter now. But I think as women, when we go through these transformational stories, it can help address and bring up other people's questions that otherwise they sort of get buried and they get ignored. And so that's one of the things I'm hoping to do with my story is to just bring out that idea of ask the question and bring it out into the light. Yeah, that's very powerful. And thank you. I love that perspective. So 
Well, so we're going to jump right in with your God story, Laurieanne. And why don't you share with us where your divine detour God story began? It began about seven years ago. I was just not feeling well. I thought I had the flu. Honestly, I was getting ready for Thanksgiving, back to the idea of being a mom and pulling it all together, getting everything done. And I just didn't feel 100%. I thought it was the flu. could have been pneumonia, maybe. And I put it off going to the doctor, pushed it down the road a little bit because it was the holidays. And I ended up going to the doctor the Friday after Thanksgiving. And my family doctor immediately said some words that ended up in my book. I knew they were going to be significant when he said them. I just didn't know how significant they were going to be. But he said, we're going to get a chest x-ray. And if we're lucky, it's pneumonia. And what he found from that chest x-ray is that I had an extremely enlarged heart. My Cleveland Clinic doctor said it was the largest heart she'd ever seen. It was functioning at just 6%. And I had no idea because I had no family history of heart disease of any kind on either side of my family. I had no risk factors. I led an active, healthy lifestyle, and it was not on my radar at all. But I ended up being uh, admitted into cardiac ICU, and I stayed there for two weeks. And it was not a good prognosis. I learned later that the doctors were thinking I wouldn't leave the hospital because my heart function was so bad. And they did several things while I was in the hospital, trying to stabilize my heart. Um, I was eventually flown to Cleveland Clinic, which is the top heart hospital in the nation. And became my doctor's most critical patient there for a year and a half. And that whole time I wore a life vest, which is an external defibrillator vest and took a lot of high powered medications. And I still take all those medications, but I was eventually implanted with a an internal defibrillator and pacemaker that's specially designed for this heart failure that I had. And I went 16 months with this black cloud diagnosis hanging over my head of end-stage heart failure. And, and I really, I was hanging on. I was alive, which is more than doctors expected, but I wasn't getting any better. And I started to go through not just a physical kind of a crisis, but also a faith crisis because I had people praying for me around the clock. I have, I still have the framed prayer chains where people were setting their alarms and getting up and praying. And some of them still are. And I couldn't understand why God was not answering those fervent prayers for my healing. It just seemed like the perfect situation for me. I just knew that I would tell about it and, and it would be a testament to him. And it was just not happening. And then 16 months to the day that I was diagnosed with heart failure, I came down with appendicitis and no one would do surgery on my weak heart. So they decided to do an echocardiogram, which is the test that tells what your heart function is. And they discovered to everyone's surprise that my heart at that point was functioning at near normal. 
And <laughs> I was surprised then as I was when I first got my diagnosis because I, I really couldn't tell the difference in what was going on with me physically. And I thought that was the end of my story. I thought God had taken me through this valley and the other side of the valley I had emerged from the six, after this 16-month period. And the story was a story of answered prayer and divine healing and God's intervention and His provision, care and trust. And I was ready to tell that story. And I did tell that story for a while. But then three years ago, my heart function dropped and I found myself in active heart failure again. And that has been a part of my story that seems like it doesn't go with a story that's speaking to the goodness of God and to, to His care. And what I've learned since then about heart failure on the, on the physical side is that Heart failure is a chronic progressive disease, which means for most people, medical science has tools like medications and devices and lifestyle changes that can help people manage the symptoms. But And for some people, medical science can help slow down that progression. But ultimately, heart failure only goes in one direction. Even though I had that spike up, at that point, uh, when I was getting my appendix out, overall, the trajectory was still in a downward pattern. So I entered into this period of time in my life where it was kind of a roller coaster health wise, and my faith was just kind of all over the place. I went for, there was a period of time in that first 16 months where I had this silent period with God, where I was just confused and I, felt like it was my fault that the prayers weren't being answered. And so all of my story is in the book is talks about the heart issues that I had, but it's primarily about this journey that I went on in my faith that I found out really is pretty similar to what almost everyone goes through at some point in their life. It's interesting how what you're sharing parallels your faith journey and other people's faith journey. And, you know, what you hear so much about is that it's a heart condition or people who have murdered other people or, you know, there's a rebellion against God in, you know, their life or, you know, there's a rejection of God. It all kind of is around or centered around a person's heart in terms of their willingness to have a softened heart, their willingness to, you know, yield um, and to have a change of heart even, you know what I'm saying? So how are you managing this? Because this is not stable, right? Well, but physically, uh, I have I'm I'm taking the medication still, and they're always looking to new medications that are coming out. Which there's a lot of really great research and development being done in that area because heart disease is the number one killer of people, men, women everywhere 
all across the globe and it kills more people than all forms of cancer combined. So there's a lot of attention on heart disease and there's a lot of good being done there. The good news is since I my prognosis has been so much better than they had hoped, I ended up outliving my first internal device and I just got a second one a couple of weeks ago. And so I'm healing from that. But the care that I get has been tremendous. And even though I I know that that goes down in stages, I had been at a plateau lower than I'd hoped, but still a plateau. And now I'm down at a little bit lower plateau, but I manage well. I'm able to organize my days. And I, you know, one of the things I think that people, whether you, it doesn't matter what kind of a detour you're on, if it's a health detour or a financial detour or a relationship detour, we have this idea of how our life should go. And we have this plan that we've formulated in our brain. And I was guilty of this as a lifelong Christian. I was guilty of conflating that the hope and the goodness of God with how well my life was matching this plan that I had formulated. So (laughs) I had to really re-examine that. And I realized that that detour that I was on You know, if you want to think of it as a detour or a closed door, one of the doors that closed for me is that I used to teach college for 25, 30 years. And once I got heart failure, I was not able to stand up and lecture for two or three hours at a time. But I found that I could sit and type almost all day. I had the energy for that. And so I started writing and this was something that had always been like a lot of people in the back of my mind, but I had never taken the time to do it. And so when sometimes when we get on this detour or we have that door closed, you know, I had other plans for my life that the door closed. But when that happened, I think I realized that that threshold, when we get to that closed door, that's where your faith is tested. And because God doesn't usually explain closed doors to us. And our job is to trust that that closed door is, you know, for our protection or our redirection or his affection for for us. And so I've learned that sometimes those closed doors can be more gracious than open doors. But it's hard to get there because we're wired. And I'm especially someone who's wired to win. And I want things to go the way I want them to go. And so to have heart failure on my permanent medical record is not only kind of ironic, but it was also very frustrating that that was just going to be there. But the thing that I learned from from God in that is that those periods of time when we are forced to pull back and examine our life, that's when he can get in there and start to form that relationship with us that he maybe didn't have room in our lives before to form. And so that's been a real blessing of all of the things that have been happening health-wise. Well, I'm grateful that you see that blessing and you've got to that place in your maturity because that's so profound. And um, I can tell you a little story. 
when I was in my early 40s, I took a medicine that threw my heart amok and my heart rhythm went off and it was because I was over medicated, but they made me undergo a test. And then I was told I had um, heart disease. I was devastated, Lori. And I was devastated because it was like you said, it was a detour. It was unexpected. It wasn't anything that I could have ever imagined ever having at my age. Well, it turned out that it was just benign PVCs and I didn't have anything wrong with Um, any of my clogged arteries or anything like that. But it was a wake-up call when I went through that. It was a wake-up call that we are not on this earth forever, that we are not in control of our health. Um, Sometimes we may think we are, you know, we're trying to do all the right things, try to exercise, eat healthy, do all those things. But, you know, I've known, unfortunately, people who've had unexpected heart uh, problems and it took them down at a very young age uh, due to inheritance. But I mean, it's in the family is what I'm trying to say. And, you know, my dad at his age, he's 89 and he has a heart failure going on right now and he has to take all this medicine. So, you know, it's definitely the core the heart is so important, right? To the function of everything in our bodies. And so for you to be sharing this and to have the outlook and the attitude that you do from a God perspective um, and your walk of faith and how you're using it for good is really inspiring. So there was a lot there that I shared, but, you know, I just want you to know that, you know, I can relate in different ways to what you're sharing. So I would also love to know from you, what can you do um, with activity? I mean, do you just feel how you feel and get up every day? Is that how you kind of plan your days with that? It's kind of a day-to-day, you know, one of the things that my Cleveland Clinic doctor told me early on, and I did not want to hear it. She said, you're going to be aware every day of your life that you have heart failure. And this is when I was at a much higher, I was still in that kind of almost normal. She said, you're going to be aware every day of your life that you have heart failure. And she said, you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. And she said, and on your bad days, You just need to allow yourself to rest and take it easy and recover. And I I didn't want to hear that. I wanted her to say, okay, well, that was over and we're moving on and you're going to get your life back. But because she told me that, I trusted her more because it matched my experience. She was right. There are some days where, and and you can't trace it back and say, oh, I'm having a bad day because yesterday I did too much. Sometimes that happens, but it's not always that one-to-one correlation. And I think this is true for all kinds of illnesses, whether it's a chronic illness, invisible illness, is sometimes it just flares up. Sometimes you just don't know. You're doing all the things you're supposed to do. 
and that happens. And one of the things that that we've kind of put in place in our family is we had been on a vacation with a and had really bitten off too much. I was it was too much for me, but I was I was trying to prove that I could still do everything at that time. And we went to a zoo in Alaska on our way home and there was a this creature that was just terrible looking with its hair hanging off and it just kind of was trudging around. And I looked at the little sign and it said it was a musk ox. And I remember thinking and telling my husband, that's how I feel today. I feel like that musk ox. And so now when I know, you know, I get up and I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do anything today or I'm not going to do as much as I hoped. I just say it's a musk ox day. And that's all that has to be said. <laughs> and everybody knows that's what it is. But I I can relate that a little bit too to my spiritual life because one of the one of the parts of the Bible that I I think people do this at different times in their lives, but is that I've been drawn to has been Ecclesiastes, which is a book that was sort of debated for a long time about whether it would even be included in the Bible because it's a it's kind of a one off. It's it's kind of cynical. It's different a lot of times seen differently than a lot of the rest of the Bible, but I'm really glad it's in there because some of the things it says really matches human experience. And just like my doctor said, you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. And that made me trust her more because that's in God's word. I trust it more because I'm like, you know, some of that stuff in Ecclesiastes is right on. And so I can trust the whole of this experience more, just like I do with my doctor. And that's, you know, one of the things that I, we just take it day by day and we do what we can do. And I am really learning to lean into this path. The, you know, the subtitle of my book is The Path You'd Never Choose Can Lead to the Faith You've Always Wanted. And I would never choose this path, but I'm learning to lean into it. And the, just the idea of a detour, I mean, any of us can kind of relate to this because if you're you're on this journey and you know where you want to end up and you've got it in your GPS and then you're going along and it says detour and you're thrown off the road, the smooth, fast, easy road, and you're on this bumpy, not very pretty harder, longer, and you don't know how long that's going to be. But in that detour, there might be something for you that you wouldn't have had on that main road. And that's what I'm experiencing as I'm going through this and trying to put into perspective all that heart failure has cost me. It's also given some gifts to me that I wouldn't have gotten if I had stayed on that main road that I had planned out for myself. And that's beautiful there, Lorianne. I just love how you um, have just come through these detours. I mean, and it's really important that the listeners think through what you're sharing here because so many people, when things hit them, they want to blame God. They want to, I mean, it's hard. I, I, you know, everyone's different in how they process and how they have to work through these things that come into their lives. But having a 
a faith in God, having that foundation, which it sounds like you had being um, a believer and having been a believer for most of your life. I think that has probably helped you with your strengthening of your faith, not that we don't have setbacks in our faith. And so it's the expectations sometimes that we have and we have to readjust those and we have to, you know, uh, get to a place of where we can manage moving forward. But having a gift, you know, seeing that is really, in my opinion, uh, a really mature outlook and has to be, you know, a witness to so many, you know, that are out there and know you or are reading your book. And how long has your book been out? It came out in February. Are you going to, I mean, you can't really do all these huge book tours, can you? I mean, how are you trying to get your book out there? Yes, I'm I'm doing a lot of podcast interviews and, and also guest blogging. And so I'm trying to do a lot of it online. And that that's one of the blessings too of being in, I guess, in a post-COVID world is a lot of people are set up for the online part of it. And that's been very helpful uh, to me in, in promoting the book. So, and then just, you know, I think one of the most effective ways is when people personally recommend it to someone. And I've had copies, you know, handed from person to person to person. And that's just been so faith building to me to see the book that I didn't even know would become a book being passed from person to person because they know someone in their life that needed, that's on some sort of a detour that needs to read it. And so that's mainly what I've been doing. And, and, and God's been faithful to really use it in, in ways that I never could have seen. That's so cool. How long did it take you to write this? I mean, it sounds like you have a God story around the book. So it's it's put out by Cross River Media. It's a small Christian publishing house. And I got a contract from them in November of 2021. And so it came out in February of 2023. But um, it was probably 70% written when I got my contract. And then I finished it up. Uh, and And then it was in production for a little over a year. But it's it's something that was so uh, encouraging and so validating to me because I had all these little pieces that I didn't know would become a book. And it was from people saying, you know, I don't have heart failure, but I relate to the faith struggles because of a different situation that I'm on, a different detour. And I've been able to share with people and and they've been able to really build my faith too because i've been able to see that sometimes god has something more for us than this predictable life that we had hoped that we would have and he he really didn't promise you know we look at scripture and he really didn't promise us an easy life or even a resolved life we want to we want to think that our life is going to make sense. Our little piece of God's story, we're going to carve out our chapter and that chapter is going to be completely resolved and completely make sense. But, you know, it'd be like picking up any book at the library and reading one chapter and thinking 
that you could understand the whole story from that one chapter. But the truth is, sometimes the story arc isn't complete in our lifetime. And, and so we can get really frustrated because it doesn't seem to make sense. And we start asking these questions of God, which is a good way to keep in communication with him. But those that story arc not finishing can be a big sense of frustration, especially for Christians who have been faithful and thought, you know, I, I thought it was going to go another way. But I have really leaned into a scripture in Hebrews. It's 1113. And it's it's referring to all these faith heroes like Abraham and Noah. And it says that all these people that 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 they're listing, all these people were living by faith when they died, but they did not see the things promised. And and yet we expect that we will see all the things promised in our lifetime. And so that was a big game changer for me when I realized that we're going to get this detour and we may not understand it completely in our lifetime. But the main idea of my book is just to, when you do get on that detour, just keep asking questions of God. He's not afraid of questions. The Psalms is full of questions. And that's your lifeline to God during those times when you're very confused and feel really alienated. Those are great words. And I was going to ask you a question prior to that and you answered it. So that's so cool. And, you know, so many times, Laurieann, we want to pray for outcomes. Sometimes we're not praying for the right things. We want outcomes, you know, as, as the people that we are. And I heard a sermon recently that talked about prayer and how we should pray and how Jesus prayed. And sometimes it's just, God, help me get through another day. Or God, please, you know, just keep me um, being used of you and, and, you know, prepare me for, you know, what is ahead, you know, in, or God, show me the right person that I can talk to today that can be benefit from what it is that, you know, you're doing in my life or can be, you know, how can I be an encouragement and all those things. And it sounds like those are the kinds of things that you pray. And, you know, I'm sure, Lord, let me speak at a conference. Let me get up there. And I mean, if you've got all these, you know, different, um, I'm sure ambitions still, and, you know, you want to keep going, but, you know, you've got to give it a day-by-day thing. And really, ultimately, that's what we're supposed to be doing. We were never told to make these plans, you know, of course, planning is good, all those things and stewarding and everything. But ultimately, (laughs) we cannot plan our path um, that God has for us. And we get really distraught when sometimes our plans don't come out the way we would want. And you're in a testament to how you live your life and what you should do to be in sync and in line with the glory that God has of your life and testament of that. So this has been a wonderful conversation. And, you know, I would like 
you to also share how can people get in touch with you and a little bit more about how they could get a hold of your book. Um, if you don't mind, Lorianne, that would, I think, would bless the listeners. Yes, I am on Instagram and Facebook is Ann Wood. Also, uh, my website is lauriannwood.com and would love to connect with anyone there. I answer all the inquiries and comments personally. So would love to hear from anyone there. And the my book is available on Amazon. It's There's also a books page on my website. So you can learn more about it. There's a book trailer and some other information there. And the other thing I just want to offer as we're talking about these difficult seasons and praying and feeling like God's silent and then sometimes giving him the silent treatment, I have a resource on my website that is something that I started writing when I was first dealing with my diagnosis. And it's called Five Prayers and Promises When You Can't Talk to God. And it's, uh, I just spent some time really digging into scripture because as, as a lifelong believer, I just wanted some connection to God. And I was feeling like I needed to remind myself of the promises. I needed to remind myself that he was still there. And that is available for anyone that could use that if they find themselves or they know someone who's struggling in a hard place and feeling disconnected from God. And that's available to download at laurieannwood.com slash hope. Thank you, Laurieann. This is all great for not only building and edifying those that are listening in their faith, but also awareness of, you know, when you do have to to deal with the health issue or, you know, go down a different path. Or like you said, it can be parallel to so many other things that hit us sometimes as believers that we never expect. So there's so much that can be gleaned. And thank you for sharing the scripture and taking the time. And is there any else, anything else that you want to share at this time? I would just encourage anyone who feels like they've been detoured. And like I said, it could be so many different ways and all of us will be detoured in life, but to just really lean into the questions that they have and don't be afraid to bring those to God. During that time, one of the things I learned about prayer, and I thought about this as you were just discussing prayer a minute ago, is that I wanted an immediate answer to my prayer when I was first diagnosed. I wanted there to be an immediate turnaround and I wanted everything to resolve. But the power that I found that prayer has isn't really in that immediate resolution because instead of having an immediate resolution, I started asking these questions and what I got and where I'm at now is I have this deeper relationship with God than I would have had if he had just immediately healed me in the hospital. And so sometimes we think of prayer as a way to change our circumstances or to, you know, we try to pray away those parts of our lives that we wish were different, but maybe we need to think about it as a way to cling to God in and, and gain that thing that we really will never lose. And that's that relationship with him. 
Okay, what a great way to end this uh, God's Story episode. And friends, we're going to have this episode out there um, on Lori Ann's episode page on our website. And I just know, Lori Ann, your God story and what you're sharing is really going to make an impact with so many and bless them. So again, thank you for taking the time to be a guest on our show. And friends, until the next show, be heard and be healed. Altered Stories Ministry is a faith-based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland Park, Kansas. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please, subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories and welcome your tax-exempt financial donation. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, you can log on to our website at www.alteredstories.org.